We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Special Edition tonight. You've got me, Jacob. I'm here with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up? What's up? It's, uh, you know... 24 hours until the big return of the man himself. So we figured we would hop on here and do a quick Russell Westbrook returns podcast. Uh, It's all the talk of the town. Nick, something that's kind of overlooked with Russell Westbrook returning is the Thunder are busting out their new city edition jerseys tomorrow night, the bombing memorial jerseys, which I personally am very excited about. I think those are some of the coolest jerseys. And I don't, I don't know if it's been released or if, if our guy Justin has any idea of what color accessories, but I'm very, very curious if they're going to wear black accessories, white. Um, I've I know seen, they, they've done some gold ones. Older. Yeah, the gold ones are clean. Yeah. So another reason we wanted to drop this podcast tonight is because Nick got a chance to sit down with a very special guest to talk a little bit NBA basketball, a little bit of Thunder history, and the rest return. Uh, Nick, I will let you... Tell everyone who you got. Yeah, so I got to have a brief conversation with Nick Collison. Um, Talked a little bit about, you know, his his history with the Thunder, what he's doing now in in kind of a front office role. I won't spoil too much because that'll be, um, you know, here later on in the pod. But we also touched on, uh, you know, what, what he expects for Russ's return, you know, kind of how he expects the fans to react. 
Um, I mean, it's an exciting, exciting time. I don't think there's any question that uh, the fans are going to be very, very, uh, you know, receptive in a positive way, be very, um, you know, excited to see him, loud to see him, almost cheering for him. I, I, it's going to be one of those really weird games where it's going to be, um, you know, I return back to your former team and wish I, I feel like when he scores the ball, the, the crowd might cheer like he's still in the thunder. What do you think? 100%. Like, I, I think there's going to, I think the fans will cheer for the thunder. And I think they will cheer for anything Russell Westbrook does. Almost like, you remember whenever Russell Westbrook hit that three to end Denver's postseason hopes and secure the triple-double and people still in Denver cheered for him? That's kind of what it's going to be like. Yeah, they, they chanted MVP you know, even yeah. after he eliminates their, their playoff odds, which is insane just, just to goes to show what kind of season he was having that year. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be, you know, Probably one of the most special games, you know, outside of, of playoff games. Maybe maybe the most special regular season game uh, in the Thunder's short history. You know, it's a it's an eight thirty tip rather than that earlier seven o'clock tip. It's on TNT uh, national broadcast. You know, of course, what makes it even you know more insane? It's it's against the Rockets. Plus, you've got the whole CP three uh, equation to factor in. This is his old team as well. Obviously, it's not on the road in Houston, but um, there's just a whole lot going on, and it's going to be super, super interesting to, to see how it unfolds. And it, and it very well could be a, a, a playoff preview if Oklahoma City continues to play the way they are. Uh, it could be a, a very, very interesting 7-2 matchup later on you know, in, in the season. But I think it's going to be a close game. And, and what's going to happen when it's a tie game with five seconds left and you know who's getting that, that last-minute shot? Oh, I, for I, the I Rockets? Don't... Right. Yeah, we we know how those go. It's it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a I blast. You, I want you to predict his stat line. I almost think like it's one of those games where he's going to go for the triple double for old times' sake. Um, predict his stat line for me. Oh, that's <laughs> you put me on the spot there, Nick. I'm no, that's that's a fun one. I think he'll score. Like I think Russ, what twenty five points. Uh, let's say 12 rebounds, seven assists, but I'm going to say the 25 points takes him at minimum 25 shots to get there. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. It's going to be a, a high volume shooting game. Uh, here's another question to put you on the spot. Does James Harden, knowing the, the significance of this game for him, does he allow Russell Westbrook to really take, take the, uh, shoulder the offensive load and and have more field goal attempts than him. Do you think that's a possibility? I think it's a possibility, but I I almost feel more like Harden and, and everyone else is going to kind of view this just as another game. I think the only person it's not really just another game for is Russ and for the crowd, for the environment. And so that's going to make it very fascinating as well. Just the whole dynamic of it is is something very, very unique because Russell Westbrook is beloved here. Uh, just He's absolutely beloved. He, It's kind of funny when you think about it because, I mean, Nick, I know you don't live in Oklahoma City. You used to live in Oklahoma City. You're down in Dallas now. But people from Oklahoma pride themselves on their almost aggressive niceness. And... Don't get me wrong, I think we're all Russell Westbrook stands, but that guy was kind of an asshole to a lot of people, especially in the media, right? And so it's funny that that our guy 
and the person that that Oklahoma kind of rallied around uh, has this personality that's kind of different from what the city tries to embody, right? And so it's always to me been this interesting relationship. Um, you know, I'm interested to see just just stupid details like, are they going to have a tribute video? Uh, is he going to come over and dap up uh, his old coaches? Um, how is he going to respond in like pregame media or postgame scrum whenever Barry Trammell asks him a question? <laughs> you know, all these things are just going to be super fascinating, and and it's just gonna, it's going to be a really interesting experience. Uh, so, Nick, before we patch our listeners over and let them listen to the Nick on Nick podcast, the uh, the interview you did with Collison, real quick, just what is your overall favorite Russell Westbrook memory in his entire tenure as an Oklahoma city thunder? I mean, this is a a very cop out answer since we already talked about it that, I mean, and we've talked about this before that, that Denver shot where, you know, Steven Adams kind of throws it into him and and he, he shoots it from nearly half court and, and makes that three pointer to, you know, in Denver's, playoff chances I that's that's one of those memories I can't get out of my head um secondly probably um in that Lakers series when he got fouled and flipped up that uh that that mid-range layup type shot and and flexes on the crowd I'm I'm sure you're familiar with the shot I'm talking about oh yeah um those two to me will will always kind of stick out when when someone asked me the question and I I did ask Nick Collison this question too kind of thunder thunder memories over the past decade you know not just Russell Westbrook for me that's that's one of the those two are are some of the the most insane most memorable thunder memories for me um and I'm I'm sure you have some some the same some different um my question for you is if you were the um I don't know which department this would be, maybe the marketing department or the, the team that's that's in charge of the whole Russell Westbrook return, the tribute video, how they're going to introduce him, if they have anything pregame, if they honor him in some way, give him some sort of award, whatever they may do. If you were in charge of that team um, in 60 seconds, tell me what you would do for Russell Westbrook. Wow. Um, I don't know. It's so, again, it's so fascinating. They didn't do a tribute for Kevin Durant, who is I as far as basketball skill the best player to ever come through this city right but Russ meant so much more to the community because he's the one who stayed he's the one who re-upped he's the one who wanted to be here you know just just this whole narrative I think they'll do a tribute video and if if I was in charge I would do I saw this I can't remember who posted it on Twitter so if you guys know who it was uh, please let me know so we can give them a shout out from our Twitter because I, I'm using his example. But somebody said after they do like the the national anthem and everything, they you know how the the team announces the opposing team and they play like some sort of cute song behind it. Um, like whenever the Pacers come, they play the Parks and Rec theme or whatever. Whenever the Kings come, they play the Game of Thrones theme. I don't know what they do for Houston, but just announce the other four Houston starters as normal and then dim the lights and do like a, a 30 to 45 second rust tribute video with all the highlights, all the memories, not only on the court, but off the court as well. And then announce Russ as starting at guard six, three from UCLA number zero Russell Westbrook. 
I just the the way they've always introduced him in this stadium. I think that would be incredible. I think it would give everybody chills. Quite frankly, I'd probably shit my pants. Um, <laughs> it would be it would be awesome, you know. And and so if I was in charge, that's what I would do. This is the second podcast you've talked about shitting your pants. Hey, man, sometimes <clears throat> stuff happens. All right. Well, Nick, let's you and I stop talking because I think people want to hear Nick Collison speak. Uh, so let's patch them over to that. Um, but hey, as you guys listen to Nick and Nick speak, um, tweet at us with your favorite Russell Westbrook memory from his tenure in Oklahoma City. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. We can retweet them from the the uncontested Twitter account. So tweet at us. Let us know. Um, and right now we're going to send you over to listen to Nick's interview with the one and only Nick Collison. All right, guys, we're now joined by a former member of the Thunder, Nick Collison. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? How are you? Doing well. So first thing I kind of want to ask you here, you know, you're you're one of the only or you're the only player with their number retired from the Thunder. Um, I know you're doing it a little bit still with the team. Do you mind elaborating a bit on, you know, what you're doing with Presti in the front office? Yeah, I'm um... – I guess I'm I'm working with the front office. I'm mostly learning. Um, I, I come into the to OKC uh, a couple times a month um, and just meet with the team, meet with with the coaches, um, but mostly doing a lot of learning. There's you know a lot I knew as a player, but the, the other side there's there's so much to learn, and uh, they've been great about um, you know opening the doors and, and and trying to teach me a lot about you know. Uh, CBA, some of the stuff they're doing with the analytics, um, how they try to build the team and, and build the program. And, you know, I'll, I was there since the very beginning, the first day, but it's, it, there's a lot that goes into it that you don't realize as a player. So it's been a really good opportunity for me to learn. And then uh, I've been able to uh, check in with the team on the road a few times and it's been, it's been really good for me. Well, on the topic of getting your jersey retired, I'm sure, you know, looking back versus in the moment, um, things are a bit different. So kind of walk me through, you know, what that night was like. Did it feel real? And, and looking back now, especially with, with how successful this franchise has been and the short time it's been in Oklahoma City, how much does that mean to you to, you know, be the only player with a, a retired jersey in Oklahoma City? Well, for me, I... I just felt very fortunate and, um, you know, to be able to find a home, find a place for a, for a role player like myself who spent majority of my career coming off the bench. Um, it's rare to be able to find a, a home like that. And, um, you know, it really worked out for me in Oklahoma city and Seattle before that. And, and it was, you know, for me, it was really cool to be able to just celebrate all those good times with, uh, all the, all the, close friends I made on the staff and players I played with and uh, all my family. It was, it was great to, to all of us just be able to celebrate this, this great time we had while I was able to play basketball for so long. What do you miss most about playing? And, and would you, would you give up the front office role now to go back, you know, hypothetically, or do you think that um, this front office type role that you have is something that, that you really, really enjoy as well? Uh, well, I, I, the ship sailed on me playing. I've played once 
since I retired at my high school alumni tournament, my brother's the head coach uh, back at my old high school, and he made me play, and uh, it was not a great performance. So I, I've <laughs> definitely done definitely done playing, and um, but but I I um, I really like what I'm doing now. Um, I, I miss um, I miss I miss it for sure though. I miss being being with the guys, and um, I miss I tell people I really miss playing like it was, you know, 2011, 2012, when I really had a lot of juice left in the tank and was playing, you know, big minutes and playoff games. That was um, really exciting and a lot of fun. And I miss being able to, uh, you know, have, get the adrenaline of playing in those type of games and the feelings of feeling like you really contributed to a big win and, and winning a playoff series and, and moving on to the next one. Things like that are just, uh, there's there's such great experiences. Um, and, and, um, you know, it's the, the time, you know, father time is undefeated and, and uh, we all have to move <laughs> on, but, uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to, you know, stay with the organization and like I said, learn a lot and kind of explore this next phase of my life and, and be able to still be connected to basketball and connected to the team. And, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to learn from, I think one of the best, uh, front offices in the league and, and, uh, it's great. I love basketball and, and, it's been a big part of my life and it's great that I can, I can continue it. Hey, I, I peaked in my basketball world about age 17. So you're doing a lot better than I have. <laughs> uh, looking back, I know you've, you've built some great relationships. You know, you've always been a, a guy that people speak highly of in the locker room. So I'm sure you were, were easy to get along with and everyone enjoyed your company, but was there a guy um, or, or maybe a couple guys in particular that you felt like you were closest with uh, throughout your NBA career? Yeah, I think, you know, the NBA is, um, in some ways, it's like any other job where you kind of lose touch with people when you don't play, when people move on, but then you have your other people you were closer with. Um, and I definitely have guys that I, I've stayed in touch with. And, um, it, you know, uh, Royal Ivy is someone who's a very good friend of mine. Um, Luke Rednauer from my rookie year in Seattle, we were drafted together. Guys I played with at Kansas, uh, Nazi Muhammad, uh, who I played with. Um, you know, I, I just saw Kevin last night, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, sure I'll stay close with Russell. I, it's just the guys that you're with for so long. Um, you develop a bond, and, and that's that's a, a great part about being able to play, particularly in one place so long. And been great friends with a lot of staff members and and uh like i said it's cool to be able to be in one place and develop some some really good friendships so on that note you know you'd mentioned your you were in seattle initially you were the 12th overall pick um you know in the nba draft by seattle so what were your initial thoughts when the team was moved to oklahoma city and then to follow up on that you know you you've seen it firsthand how has this city grown um, around the Thunder, and, and what kind of impact do you think this team has made on the community and Oklahoma as a whole? Yeah, I um, when the team moved, it was it was very difficult. Uh, I liked where I was. Uh, it was the only city I'd ever lived in after college, and I was a young player, and and I hadn't I hadn't been traded or anything at that point, so it was difficult to move um, at first. Um, you know, I felt for the city of Seattle and their fans. Um, and then uh, when we moved, though, I mean, we moved to a great place, and we moved to a place that really welcomed us with open arms. And um, 
an incredible fan support from the very beginning. Um, the organization uh, w- was in flux at that time with, with a lot of changeover with players, but um, they, they definitely treated us very well. And, um, you know, pretty quickly we were able to start getting some, some new young talent and we worked extremely hard in those years um, with the young team and, and, and started the climb up and, and it was uh, it was a great experience to be a part of all that. And the city's been, like I said, the city's been great to us. The Oklahoma city itself, it, it's been fun to see the city develop. It's an entirely different place, especially you know, downtown, midtown. It's an entirely different place than when we first got there. Um, so, so it's been cool to see the effect that the, the team has had on the city and the community. Yeah, I think it's definitely a scenario where, you know, the, the, the city's given so much to the team and the team's given so much to the city and it's something that um, has truly, you know, altered the, the future of, of Oklahoma City as a whole. Uh, I kind of want to shift gears more towards, you know, the present uh, and, and kind of in the future as well. Uh, you'd mentioned Russell Westbrook a little bit ago, obviously, um, you know, Russ is making his homecoming in Oklahoma City tomorrow night. I'll actually be driving down there, so I may see you there. But do you have any insight on on what you expect from the team as, that you can even that you can even tell as far as um, maybe like a tribute video or, or what you expect overall for that homecoming to be like? Well, I, I just expect um, you know I expect the fans to 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 be happy to see him, and and I I, I think. You know, we've, we we just talked about this incredible experience that we've all had being a part of, you know, bringing basketball to Oklahoma City and um, the city growing with the team. And, and I really believe that that's true and that's all happened. And Russell's uh, as big a part of that as anybody. So I, I, I think people will appreciate, um, you know, people have definitely appreciated his time in OKC and, what, and you know, what we were able to do as a group, what he was able to do. And, um, you know, I'm expecting the, the, the fans to be really excited to see him, and it should, it should be a really, really cool moment when when, uh, when he, he's able to go out there for the first time. Absolutely. So who he was traded for, obviously Chris Paul, has has been kind of a, a surprising headline this year in the NBA, um, a guy that has exceeded expectations, I feel, at, when you know, when you trade a guy like Russ that the fans have such an emotional attachment to, um, it's easy for them to, you know, automatically dislike Chris Paul. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of fans, you know, just, just from being in the area, we're expecting to get a young guy in return that can kind of be the future. And when you get a guy of Chris Paul's age, I think a lot of fans were at first sour. Um, on that same note, though, present day, I think 99% of the fan base has, has turned that around and are all very, very fond of Chris Paul, what he's done in the development of Shea. Um, obviously playing against Chris, you know, a, a large portion of your career, is this a different version of Chris Paul that you've ever seen, or is it just he's in the right system? Well, I think he's, um, he's incredibly smart. And, um, you know, I've always known he's a, a smart player playing against him. And, but what I've really noticed watching him look closer is just how well he understands his game and uh, he understands what he can do and what he's capable of. And he really understands how to manage the group. And uh, he can manage the other guys. Um, he 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 knows he can kind of take inventory of what's going on throughout the game, pick his spots, 
um, get the get everyone involved, and he knows what he'll be able to have, you know, late in the game, fourth quarter, and a lot of times that's uh, him being able to be more aggressive coming down the stretch. And um, I think just him being able to manage games and keep us in so many games, and then have a chance here at the end where we've played really well late in games. A lot, I mean, so much of that is just him and his understanding of the game. He's always been a smart player. I just think, you know, with so much experience. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been great to have him around, and he's been a pro from the start. It's not easy for him getting traded and coming into a new situation either. Um, so I think as an organization, we've all been really appreciative of him and how he's approached things. And I talk to people on the staff, and you know, they say he's great and he's great to have around. And um, it's been it's been fun to watch. It's a it's a, it's a good group of guys that are grinding out a lot of games and and, and playing really hard and. and I'm happy for happy for everybody that that they've been able to to get off to to a good uh, start this year, and I'm happy for the fans too because it's a fun team to watch. So, you know, a guy like yourself, I feel was you know great in the locker room, a good mentor for young guys and uh, their development. And I feel you know Chris is in a similar role now, uh, you know, playing alongside a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, can you speak on, you know, how important that is for Shea as a young player and his growth? Um, I, I feel like, you know, the, the common fan, uh, you know, that watches NBA basketball or, or watches the Thunder may not have, you know, a true grasp on how much that means for Shea's development. Yeah, I mean, young players, they need, they need usually they need opportunity. And uh, Shea's been able to get that. He's been able to play a lot of minutes and, and do a lot of things. But um, to also have... Uh, someone there who's a veteran who can who can help and, and pull on the side and, and also lead by example and um, and then also to have success with the team and be in meaningful games. I mean, I think that's the, the most ideal situation for a young player. Um, there's always this kind of um, you want to have young guys have a ton of opportunity so they can build confidence, but you also don't want them to develop bad habits and and, and play in ways because winning isn't as you know, as big of a deal when, when you're on a young team, sometimes a, a rebuilding team. So I think this has been a really, um, a really great situation for him. And, and like I said, Chris deserves credit there too, for, for his approach. Um, he hasn't tried to, to do anything to, to, um, you know, not let Shea reach his full potential. He's really trying to help him out. He's trying to help all the other guys out. So it's been a really, really good situation for our guys. So all that considered, you know, the, the thunder, you know, are sitting pretty at seventh in the West, uh, which is a bit surprising to people. Um, you know, you can dig in, dig into stats, watch film all day long um, to try to get a grasp on why this team's playing so well. Uh, is there anything behind the scenes that you've noticed that, that you might think is a big part of, of the chemistry of this team? Obviously, it seems... As a trained basketball eye that you see... Like, man, this, this is a, a big reason that the people don't realize this team's playing so well. Well, I think, you know, I think we still have good players. Um, we, we've got uh, a really nice group of, of some veteran guys. Uh, our young guys have stepped up and played hard and been willing to learn. And then I, I, I think it, it says a lot about the organization and the coaches and, um, you know, to be able to, to take, uh, you know, to have really big changes but still – expect a lot out of our guys day to day um, you know building teams is about 
the draft and the moves that you make to gain the players, but it's equally as much about what you do when you're in the building and, and the development of the day to day. So I, I think, you know, the coaches deserve some credit too. And um, it's uh, in the front office and, and everybody for, for, you know, getting guys that, are, that would, that would fit together. And, and um, it's really, like I said, it's been, it's been a fun start to the season and uh, you know, we, we don't know how it'll end up, but, but I think everybody, everybody uh, is, is doing their, doing their job right now. So last question for you, there's been a lot of talk over the past month or so um, people kind of ranking the top thunder moments of the last decade. Um, you know, obviously you playing in, in nearly every thunder game over the past decade. Is there a moment in your head that sticks out to you when you think uh, of your time as a, as a basketball player in Oklahoma city, that was maybe um, the most intense or the most exciting or mind blowing um, maybe play or even game that you would rank as your number one, um, you know, thunder moment over the past decade. There's a lot. Um, the first ones that come to my mind are, uh, you know, winning the Western Conference Finals, going to beating San Antonio uh, in four straight games, I believe, um, with that veteran group. Uh, and that that year they they were really rolling. Uh, they'd won. I don't know how many games in a row, uh, ending the season and then into the playoffs. Um, I think our first playoff game uh, at home, uh, we, we went on the road, played the Lakers. We were really young. We weren't sure that we belonged. We were an eight seed, um, and we lost our first two in L.A. and then came back, and just the way the crowd was when we first uh, got out on the court, even for warm-ups, just everyone in their seats chanting and uh how loud it was. That was just, that was so fun as a player. I, I hadn't been uh, in the playoffs in a while um, since, since 2004, 05. And uh, then it was, I think 2010 until I was in the playoffs again. And to feel that home playoff crowd again was really cool. Uh, there's a triple overtime game at Memphis. Um those battles with Memphis, just bloodbath, so physical. If you watch one of those games now, it looks so different than, than the games today, uh, just how physical they were. Um, being able to win those 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 really hard-fought series against them. So I I don't know. I was able to have a lot, man. Playing a lot of meaningful games. Uh, so a lot of guys. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of guys. A lot of guys can go through their whole career and never play in a meaningful game, never play in a playoff game. And uh, so to be able to play in so many of those series is, is really cool for me. Yeah, this, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise has been very fortunate. Uh, had had some great great early drafts, obviously drafting three MVPs early on, and and having you know great supporting guys like yourself. Uh, well, I appreciate your time, Nick. I wish you the best of luck going forward. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, so Nick, before we get out of here, anything that you want to say about your conversation with Collison? No, I think it was a, uh, it was a pleasure speaking with Nick. I think it was a great time to kind of, you know, look back on the Thunder's history. Obviously he was a huge part of, of the team and, and Russell's tenure here. And he mentioned they're still close friends. Uh, talk about the present, even the future with guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander. It almost feels like uh, Russell Westbrook coming home is going to be closure for Thunder fans. So it's a, uh, it's going to be an exciting game uh, by the time we drop this. 
Um, it'll, it'll be, you know, the night before the day of, hopefully everybody enjoyed listening in and, uh, let's hope Russell Westbrook has a good game, but the Thunder end up with the win. Definitely. So, Hey, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Thank you so much to Nick Collison. That's freaking awesome, dude, that we got Nick Collison on the podcast. Shout out to Nick Crane for setting that up and getting that interview. Uh, that's awesome, Nick. And, uh, low key, I'm really jealous. So, uh, but thank you guys so much. Enjoy Russell Westbrook's return. Again, tweet at us. Let us know your favorite Russell Westbrook memories and his Thunder tenure. We will definitely retweet those. Um, maybe we'll do like a little poll or something uh, on his best moments. You guys enjoy the game. We will be back with you with a full post-game breakdown of on-court, off-court, everything about this game. You guys can hear that early Friday because, uh, again, the game is late. It tips off at 8.30 Central Time. So have a great day. Enjoy the game, and we will talk to you later. Thunder up.